Amy, what movie did we just watch? We watched the Philadelphia story, story, which is not Philadelphia. What is the Philadelphia story? <laughs> it is a classic romantic comedy uh, question mark with Katherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and Jimmy Stewart from 1940. Yes. What's Philadelphia? That is a movie about the AIDS pandemic with Tom Hanks and Antonio Banderas. Which one did we watch? Catherine Hepburn. Okay, good. Yes. Don't get them confused. Both good movies, and they're different, right? But yeah, um, very different movies. <laughs> very different movies. As our friend Ellen pointed out, sometimes we play the game. This is not this movie. Yeah, this movie, not that movie. But luckily we figured out this before this is, we watched Yeah, we knew what we were watching <laughs> when we started, which was the Philadelphia story. Yes. Uh, the epic collaboration between three of the most famous actors of this time, I feel like. I don't know. I, I don't know I, if they were famous at the time. I, I don't have a timeline for yeah. how their filmographies kind of line up. That's fair. But I did read in Wikipedia that Catherine Hepburn wanted Clark Gable and, and Spencer other, Tracy. And Spencer Tracy. Her, um, her not husband? She and Spencer Tracy were together for many, many years. Uh, okay. But Spencer Tracy the whole time was married to someone else. Which is, I mean, something that would be out of a 1940s romantic comedy An plot. open relationship. <laughs> Well, because I watched, um, not too long ago, I watched His Girl Friday, which reminded me of this in some ways. Sure, sure. Similar era, similar sort of romantic love triangle sort of situations. Although before we really, like, this feels like it was around before where the term love triangle was a thing. Well, again, on Wikipedia, we don't do any research. No, we at don't. All. But on Wikipedia, <laughs> it said that this was a common film trope of this era. Okay. To have a couple that had been divorced mm -hmm. be flirtatious with other people and then end back up yes. together and be remarried. That was very much that in... got past the film board. Yes, the Hayes you, Code. You couldn't have an extramarital affair on film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, His Girl Friday was the exact same plot in that sense. In that, like, most of the movie takes place while, like, the main character is flirting with her ex-husband and about to get married to someone else. Yeah. And she ends up back with her ex-husband. Um, because yes, that's a good way to get around the Hayes Code, which yeah. is against you can't you can't show married people getting getting excited and flirtatious with other people. Oh, I just wish all the people out there who are like First Amendment free speech <laughs> knew their history. <laughs> Things I like do, the Hayes Code. I have on my list. Um, Criterion just announced uh, the story of Temple Drake. It may just be called Temple Drake. Which is, it's a restoration of a pre-Hays Code film that was, it was very controversial at the time before the Hays Code was around, um, and is about, like, a woman getting kidnapped and raped, I think. But it's interesting to see that, like, we could make movies like that up until a certain point, and then we had to stop for a very long time. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this actual movie? We spent a lot of time not talking about yeah. the movie. I'm glad I didn't know about this trope about the love triangle. Yeah. First marriage, second marriage. Uh, because I didn't know who I was supposed to be cheering for or who <laughs> like, I wanted her guy? to be with. 
<laughs> yes. I mean, I knew it wasn't her fiance George. Yes. I knew that. Um, but I couldn't quite tell between Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart. They were both having their moments. I was like, oh, those oh. would be, oh, they'd <laughs> which, be cute together. Is, is I could good. ship that. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, I think, interesting for a movie that has a lot to say about class. Like having her end up, like having the real choice be between like two, like well, I guess I guess her her fiance wasn't was like was new money. He was new money, but he had money. But he had money. He was not a, he was not down in the coal mines. No, uh, um, we're in twelve hour shifts. Yeah, and then she ends up back with her original husband because yes. of course she does. Yeah, who is Cary Grant. Yeah, but I really felt like the film was taking me to... I, oh, I, I felt like the film was taking us to Jimmy Stewart as well. Like, because they spend so much time together. Yeah. Um, so, I was... I was... Surprised, but also, I was okay with Carrie Gr- Like I said, they it both have fine. these, like, moments <laughs> where... Um, uh, Stewart playing a little bit against type, based on the other stuff I've seen him in... Um, a little rougher around the edges, a little, I mean, rough for the 1940s, um, sort of, I don't know, it, it didn't feel like the the down-home folksy Jim mm. Stewart, the mm. James Stewart that I feel like we get in a lot of things. And I, and some of that's because, like, I, I watched Anatomy of a Murder for a lot too long ago, which has that in spades, and of course everyone knows him from uh, the mediocre film that they play at Christmas every year. Which has a name. Oh, you can't think of the name. Now I can't think of the name. It's not a Christmas story. It's, it takes place at Christmas. <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. That's the one. That's the movie. <laughs> Play the game. What's the name of that movie? That's the movie. Uh, yeah, so, like, those are all very, like, wholesome characters, which he's known. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington came out the year before this. It was very wholesome, I think. I've never seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yeah. I mean, he's not edgy. In this, he's a no. little bit maybe rough. He's a little. He's, he's, he's he doesn't yeah. like his job. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a writer. Yeah, and that's that's uh, that level of ennui is is yeah. what's. I was reading uh, the Wikipedia page in this movie as well, and he won the Oscar for this performance, um, which he didn't expect to. And think like said on the record, like I just think they gave this to me because they didn't give it to me last year for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, oh. uh, which I would believe because this didn't feel like a great performance from him. This felt fine. Like I don't, I don't know a lot of his work, but it didn't like blow me away with anything. Well, I really enjoyed Catherine Hepburn. She was this. great. She Her was real performance good. Performance and. Um, the subtlety of it. Just, I don't know that I've ever seen a Catherine Hepburn movie before this. I, I mean, I know I've seen Ringing Up Baby, okay. which is pre this. Yeah, I which was seen that. according to Wikipedia, a commercial failure. Her career was in the tank. Yes, which is why this, and, like, she financed this. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I've seen a lot of. I have not seen many old movies. That's fair. Therefore, I have, I have not seen. I have not seen as many as I would like. I would like to see more. And that's why we watched this. Yeah. So I wanted to see it. But I also couldn't figure out if I had seen parts of this film or if I would just seen clips of it. Yeah. Over many. Like that first. Uh, the the scene, silent. Silent scene. <laughs> like some of the best nonverbal action mm-hmm. in a film. Oh, yeah. 
ever. Just just perfect storytelling. Yeah. Um, the the just yeah the the physicality of it and the the humor. Right. For, uh, if you, those of you who have not seen the movie, you've seen this clip though. You, before. I'm sure you've, you've seen, seen this, this clip. Cary Grant comes out of a house. The stuff. All of his suitcases and everything. Uh, Catherine Hepburn comes out of the house, brings out one thing. Like drops it on the drops floor. Drops it. <laughs> brings out the golf clubs, puts them on the ground, yeah, snaps pulls over them out, leg. snaps it, and wow. he goes to punch her, and he pushes her in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and, was it was okay. like I mean you don't want to laugh at it but it was it was a good pratfall it was a very good bit of physical comedy um, of the sort of just like whoosh, yeah back up through the doorway it was good yeah yeah um, yeah Catherine Burn was great in this yeah uh, I I don't know why and probably because it's probably because of other movies I had the impression that Catherine Hepburn was very tall. Which she was not. She was like 5'6", which is not an unusual height for anybody. She's taller than me. She's taller than you. But it's not like... I, I was like putting 5'11". her close to like 5'11", almost 6 foot. And then she was standing next to Jimmy Stewart, who like towers over her. And I'm like, how tall is Jimmy Stewart? Because <laughs> I just yes. assumed that Catherine Hepburn was of a certain height and that Jimmy Stewart was much taller than her. No. Yeah. No, it was old Humphrey Bogart. Didn't he need to stand on... Uh... Crates. Yeah, the apple crates. The apple crates. Yeah. He, was, he was taller. Um, yeah, but I, I liked her performance. I liked the story. Um, I thought she had a lot of agency. Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought there was a lot of, like, kind of, there was a lot of feminist nuance to the character. She just wants to be loved for who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she is, she's, she's difficult. She knows. She's very difficult. <laughs> she knows she's difficult. Um, yeah, I got, I, it's funny to me, again, because the, the only recent comparison to this that I have is, uh, is Girl Friday. Th- there was a lot less banter in this than I expected. There were some good laugh lines. I, I laughed. There were some good jokes. Um, but it wasn't that sort of rapid fire dialogue I kind of expected. I was surprised at how talky it was without feeling like it was driving forward mm-hmm. a lot of the dialogue scenes felt very not even expositional but just like dragging a little like it's like mm. okay we, we got a lot of dialogue we got to get through let's you know pace 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 pick it up uh that i felt it sometimes yeah. um and then i felt like the movie the structure of the movie had like, a lot happened at the very beginning, a relatively minor amount of things happening in the middle, and then a lot happened at the very end, yeah. um, which I think maybe tied into that sort of thing. Like, I was much more engaged at the beginning and ending of the film mm. than the sort of middle part where, like, okay, we, we know they're reporters, but we're going to let them hang out with us. And that, like, deflates all of the tension of the movie... And then about the time she gets drunk and then sort of like, oh, no, mistaken identity or confusion or what's happening. Like it started picking back up again. And in the last 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of it felt very like every plot point at once. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I've I've cheated on my fiance. 
Oh, I don't remember anything. Oh, he's mad at me. Oh, letter. Oh, the wedding's happening. I'll marry you. No, I'll marry you. Like, that all, all felt... It, it was fast, slow, fast is the only way I can think of describing it, it as a structural thing in the film. That, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I wonder how much of this goes back to it being a play. Not that you can't have banter in a play. Oh, much yeah. ado. Lots much of ado. banter. <laughs> um, yeah, you can have lots of banter, but yeah... That, I, had, I had a similar thought. But, I, but it's kind of like uh, in one location. So all of these plot points are happening, uh, especially the, I'm not getting married. I'll marry you. No, I don't want to marry you. No, I'll marry you. <laughs> That's all happening in a room. Yes. And I could just see how easily that transferred from stage to film, where yes. they're looking through the door <laughs> to the, the audience within. Yeah, and you hear the music coming out through the door, and then uh, you open it and close it. And, and they're just in that very small space small space of time they're plot 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 yes and that's fine and i think it works well on stage too um but yeah they're that stage to film adaptations are tricky at the best of yeah best of times um but but i thought i I thought that was interesting too i didn't realize it was a stage play and it was a theater guild which rings a bell i feel like i should know that bad theater historian it's fine they can't take the phd away okay good good (laughs) can't know everything about yeah thousands well because and and hepburn played it on stage as well and then and then brought it to film it had been on broadway it had been traveling um so that was an i thought that was interesting from a theater history yeah perspective i i think i mean we we see that rarely nowadays but we do still see mostly it's like Broadway musicals that get popular and then tour for a while and I mean I personally think we're like five years away at most from a Dear Evan Hansen movie which is not something I actually this, want but yeah that's fair we never got a Wicked movie we never got a Wicked movie and I'm kind of okay with that yeah no that's fine that's fine I would have I wanted a Wicked movie real bad before I'd seen Wicked when I just had the soundtrack and like the picture books and things yeah. like that um, having seen Wicked a couple times now, I'm like, yeah, we don't know. It's fine. Um, other things I noticed, uh, the framing of scenes. I was just paying attention to the editing, too. Yeah. That a lot of it was just, we're going to play the scene out from one shot, so there's not a lot of cutting yes. face-to-face. Again, that made me think of a kind of filming a stage play. Mm-hmm. That could be a style of that era as well. Because yeah, I think I think you, you didn't have as much as many. Like, coverage, shot, reverse shot sort of things. I wonder if that, that fed into sort of the slower pace that I was feeling as you didn't have that visual Yeah, there's speed not breaking of, of, of shots. Yeah. Very, very few. Yeah. Um, but really beautiful. Like the costumes mm-hmm. that were the dress the, the things that Catherine Hepburn was wearing <laughs> were just just really, really pretty. Um can't watch a black and white film from this era without thinking of the lighting and the whiteness and like Richard Dyer's <laughs> analysis of whiteness in film. Uh, I'm this, unfamiliar with this particular. Yes, well, yeah, she just glows. She does. She, she glows. She glows because of the way they lit her mm-hmm. and the way that. Uh, oh, she, and she wears a lot of white. Mm-hmm. In addition to like the wedding scenes. But she wears a lot of, like, she's when they're in the pool or at the pool, she's got the white robe on, and her bathing suit is also very light-colored. Yeah. It was fun. It was, yeah. It was a good, it was a good movie. 
It was a good movie. I don't have a lot to say about it. I don't either. I, I, I don't, I like don't know if that's just what's in the air today. Yeah, I... Here's an interesting thing, as I'm sort of thinking about it. It felt like... I've used the term romantic comedy at the beginning, and that's a wide and deep genre of of film. But it's interesting that this felt like a romance with jokes in, mm. rather than what we would traditionally call a romantic comedy, which is jokes forward a little bit more. That makes sense. It wasn't a genre. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So. It, we, we didn't, I mean, like, this movie is responsible for things that came after it and, like, started creating these these languages and things like that. So it's interesting. I mean, in the same way that going back to, to Friday the 13th is really interesting in talking about, like, the horror genre, the slasher genre, that it doesn't conform in the same way that you might expect it to to some of the expectations of that as a genre. But yeah, like... Bringing Up Baby was is considered by many to be one of the earliest romantic comedies, and it really isn't. Like, it's a screwball comedy, but... I'm kind of surprised they haven't remade the Philadelphia story. They have. I, they, oh. they did. I, I looked at Wikipedia. They made a, oh, they made read, a musical version with Gene Kelly. No, I mean, like, now. Oh, you mean, like, more recently. I mean, recently. like, now. Yeah, that, that's fair. That, to me, that seems like a, a film that would be marketable... Yes. Today. I could Maybe because I was that. also like recasting it in my head. And well, I was who would wondering, you have to play who? Who has the charisma of Katherine Hepburn? These, I mean, we have a lot of fabulous actors. We do. We do have a lot of great actresses. But they're, what, who has that charisma? Yeah. Yeah. High Society starring Bing Crosby, Grace Kelly, Frank Sinatra, Celeste Holm, and Louis Armstrong. In 1956. So it's not a recent adaptation. No, I meant, I meant more recent. <laughs> like in the last in 20 21st years. 21st century. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I am surprised. I I think it would be an interesting thing to bring back up and play with, with class and things like that. I think this movie wanted to say more about class than it did. Like it was like, oh, this, you know, this is high society... I don't think it got to anything with that. Well, we have a different relationship to class these days. Yes, that, that one was still very much based on kind of like a European yes. class system. And yeah, I was surprised too that we spent almost half of the movie very drunk or very hungover. Yeah, and for some reason that just surprised. Like it just. Not for the time period or anything. I just feel like it's something I, I don't see in films today. Like, there's so much drinking in films today. There's and so nobody's much ever drunk. Drugs and, like, people are high. But they're not... Yeah, they're just... They're not going through the whole thing progressively getting drunker and drunker. Yeah. I said, Stuart doing the, the drunken bits with the champagne bottle with Cary Grant was very good. Like, it, yeah. it played well. It worked well. And then everybody had a hangover the next morning. Yeah. Had a real bad... I, I was feeling... I was feeling right now. I was... You've been there. You've had those moments of... <laughs> well, they'd been up all night. All night. Drinking. Getting into trouble. so drunk. And showing up for the wedding just completely hungover. Yeah. I, it was a, it's not like fun. No. I felt, I felt for her. <laughs> It was a fun movie. Um, I think it's funny. Um, I don't know if this is a normal thing or not, because um, I don't. I don't know how 
well-perceived Catherine Hepburn. Obviously, she was famous when this movie came out. But it was funny to me that uh, Cary Grant's character, Dexter? Dexter. Um, always called her my redhead. Um, which is such an interesting thing to me, just from the fact that it's a black and white film, and you have I mean, to sort of like reify. He calls her red. Red, yeah, not my redhead. Though. Something like that, but he, red. yeah, yeah, he calls her red. But the implication being that she is a redhead because yeah. she is a redhead. She was a redhead. Um, but I always think about like we when we when we it. highlight color in that sort of way in black and white movies. Um, I always think I love Lucy was the same thing. Like I love Lu- or Lucy. Lucy Arnaz, Lucille Ball Arnaz, was a famous redhead, but she was a famous redhead on black and white television, mm-hmm. and it's always like, how did that? How does that play? Yeah, but I remember seeing Lucille Ball in color. Yes. Later on, and I don't really remember Catherine Hepburn. I mean, like on Golden Pond, but I don't really think of that. It's a redhead. I've never seen on Gold Mo- I haven't. Bond. I haven't seen it either. You know, it well, I, I, yeah, I don't watch old movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've never seen, as far as I can tell, another Catherine Hepburn film. I'd like to see more. I think she was real fun. She was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yes, yeah. was her yeah. acting. Uh, I, I realized when watching this and sort of thinking about like the fact that it was funded in part by Hugh Hefner. Yeah, Howard, Howard Hughes. Hughes. Hugh Howard Hefner before Hugh Hefner. Hughes. Howard Hughes was was a proto Hugh Hefner. Okay. Howard Hughes. Let's just get a timeline era. straight. Yeah. Time is an illusion. Um, it reminded me of the movie The Aviator with Leonardo Leo DiCaprio. DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett played Catherine Hepburn, and okay. I've never seen this film. But I mean, I I love Kate Blanchett. I bet she did a well, great so Hepburn. I, I, so people got mad at her Hepburn. I remember for for overplaying it, but I didn't have any point of reference at the time. Oh, I was also paying attention to their that accent. The accents, yes, that mid Atlantic accent. Which uh, just comparing it because we've been recently watching The Crown, mm-hmm. and I'm watching Downton Abbey, and that that um, the like high class British accent, which actually sounds kind of funny mm-hmm. like, the like the really the received pronunciation i can't even do it but uh yeah it sounds silly but i i like i could hear that in her yeah. accent. It's, it's the old movie accent mm-hmm. <laughs> although i mean Catherine hepburn also did have a very distinct accent that was not that mid-atlantic she was she had a very unique way of speaking a very distinct in British books, they always they spell it like really, R I L L Y. Really, really, really. Uh, yeah, I didn't write down a lot. This is fun. I mean, movie that's to just watch. fun afternoon movie. Uh, Jimmy Stewart's character was vehemently anti-library, and that made me sad. Yeah, we do love the library. We got this from the library. He, yeah, <laughs> he was he was like, I don't like libraries. Didn't, I, I'm guessing for capitalistic reasons. Yeah, well, he probably wanted. He he was mad because he couldn't make a living writing his his book, which I mean is still true today for most writers. Yeah, but there's it's no not money the fault of the library. Yeah, it's not the library's <laughs> fault. Um. Drunk driving. They drunk drove a little oh, bit. Oh, yes. I mean, that that's was, not a surprise. That was, <laughs> but like, that's what you did. <laughs> like everyone's, like, everyone's like, yep, your character is absolutely sauce. You should go home. Here's your keys. <laughs> yep. 
Hopefully they didn't have far yeah. to go. Yeah. I don't I have no idea how big any of these places were. It was not I didn't get a good sense of, of scale. No, right. It's, Much like a stage play. Yeah. Like I don't know what like we're on a on an estate, maybe? Right, it's Philadelphia, but it's not the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. They're on country estates. Yeah. I think That's I okay. think that might be. I mean, I mean, Felicity was not even interested except for one bite. Yeah. Um, in in coming to give us her commentary. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're done yeah. with the Philadelphia, Philadelphia story. story. Unless we watch the twenty hours of documentary footage. Oh, it's, with no, it's, us. Like, it's like ten. There's, there's a lot of documentary. <laughs> That's what I like about Criterion discs. No, 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 they're cool. fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that we're going to see it, but I, I realized that that new Will Smith movie, Gemini Man, Gemini Man, is playing in super high frame rates, which I'm fascinated by. We could see. We could see it. Could My fear is it will make Amy ill to watch. Well, if it does, I can leave. leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm doing better with like the nausea and the vertigo. Yeah. I'm getting. I'm learning how to control. But the, it's, there's only 12 theaters in the country that can play it at 120 frames per second. Oh, one of them's in Austin? No. The, oh. highest, the highest we're going to get is probably like 60, maybe 48. Oh, okay. Um, but it's supposed to be 120. Fun story. Fun when story. When we saw the preview to this movie, <laughs> and Kevin and I discussed it afterwards. Yeah. Kevin thought that the main character, the two main characters were played by two different actors. Yeah, well, I thought they got Will Smith and a guy that looks like a baby Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Or maybe his kid. Nope, nope. <laughs> that's, that's Will Smith. It is. They're doing that weird aging thing. Yeah. Um, although they're doing it differently this time. So they made a 3D model of baby Will's head and put it on top of Will as he was, not like acting live, but like in all the footage. Rather than just, like, removing wrinkles, which is what the normal de-aging footage looks oh. like, this was, like, a full digital actor situation in in kind of a creepy way. It is kind of creepy. It would yeah. be less creepy if it was a different actor. Yeah. Uh, which was, origi- this plan- This film has been in production for, what, 20 or 30 years. I so I it. Mean, it doesn't, it's not getting good reviews. It's getting very bad it reviews. It doesn't look like a good movie. No. But it's so much fun when Kevin doesn't know the actor who's playing a role. Will Smith and is a baby. Case, it was Will Smith and Will Smith. I recognize the old Will Smith. The current generation Will Smith was exactly who he was. Will Smith doesn't look like a baby anymore, so why would I think it was him? Because we've seen all these Marvel movies. <laughs> We've seen young Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael yeah. Douglas, uh, Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I don't need to name all. You can them. name all of them. <laughs> well, they, that's um, Scorsese's new film, The Irishman, is also doing the de aging on De Niro right now. I don't know. Soon we won't need actors. We won't. Soon that's we won't need like actors. they have made movies about that. There was one with. Um, Al Pacino called Simone about a digitally created actress and then more recently there was one with um I like that they digitally created the actress and not Al Pacino. Well he was so in the movie 
Al Pacino is a director who digitally creates an actress. Because the technology didn't actually exist yet to digitally create people. The digitally created actress was played by a human actress in that movie because we couldn't make fake people yet. (laughs) That movie came out in like 2003 or something. Uh, There was a 2014 movie um, with Carrie Ann Moss, I think. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Nope. Cool. Mm-mm. Google it at home, friends. <laughs> we have we have filled plenty of time. Oh, okay. One of our shorter episodes, uh, but we don't have a time limit. It's fine. Oh, we can no. talk about what you want. We gotta watch Survivor soon, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's soon. It's soon. Yeah. It's time. All right. All right. Philadelphia story. Philadelphia story is a movie. It was fun. Yay! Well, say good night. Say good night, Amy. Good night, Amy.